BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirchner. This time on our long-form weekend podcast, Glenn runs down the top stories of the week, starting off with Donald Trump's New York gag order. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome to the weekend edition of Justice Matters. As you may know, on the weekends, we try to air things out a bit. We try to do deep dives into the legal issues of the past week. And this week, my goodness, Gag orders issued, nuclear secrets compromised, frivolous motions to dismiss filed. You know, just another week in America. Oh, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives was fired, removed, shit canned. That, that, that one's a legal term. For the first time in our nation's history. The speaker was given the boot. Man, America is on quite a roll, isn't she, friends? Let's just hope we're rolling in the right direction, you know, in the direction of accountability and justice. To me, it feels like we're just kind of rolling in circles and we're all getting dizzy in the process. But let the unpacking begin. So I want to start with the first gag order imposed on a criminal former president of the United States by a New York state court judge. And what it says, what it says about the operation of our criminal justice system, and friends, this is not going to be a particularly uplifting discussion. But as I hope you've come to realize, you're always gonna get it straight from me, right? When the system operates well, I'm the first to compliment it, and when the system can't get out of its own damn way and operate as it was intended to operate, I'm going to jump up and down on it with both feet. And so this topic is going to involve some jumping up and down. Now, don't get me wrong, my immediate reaction was to celebrate when Judge Arthur Engeron, the New York State Court judge, who is presiding over Donald Trump's massive business fraud trial in New York when Judge Engeron imposed a gag order on Donald Trump, right? In New Yorker terms, it might be called a just shut up order that the judge imposed on Donald Trump. Long overdue, for sure. And first, let's take on why Judge Engeron imposed the gag order, and then we'll kind of pull back, we'll broaden our perspective, and we'll talk about why no other judge, state or federal, has imposed a single solitary restriction on Donald Trump's dangerous, reckless, and indeed 
deadly rhetoric. And we'll wrap up this first discussion by attempting to answer the following question. What does it say that Judge Engoron immediately and summarily opposed a gag order? You know, I've referred to it as a snap gag order because he imposed it, you know, instantly in real time. What does it say about us and about our criminal justice system that Judge Engoron immediately and summarily imposed a gag order on Donald Trump when Donald Trump endangered Judge Engoron's law clerk, but that no other judge has seen fit to put even the most limited restrictions on Donald Trump's speech that endangers witnesses, jurors, prosecutors, family members of all of those people and groups. You can probably already see where I'm going with this one, friends. So Donald Trump posted something about one of Judge Engeron's law clerks, a young woman who was depicted in a photograph standing next to Senator Chuck Schumer, right? The kind of photograph that politicians take with folks a thousand times a day. And Donald Trump falsely labeled the picture Chuck Schumer's girlfriend, alleging that Judge Engeron's clerk was, quote, running this case against me and claiming that this photograph should result in Trump's fraud case being dismissed. And Judge Engeron wouldn't stand for it. He immediately and summarily told Donald Trump to shut up, but he did it in legalese. Here is what Judge Engeron said when he saw and was outraged by Donald Trump's post about his law clerk. Quote, this morning, the defendant posted to his social media account a disparaging, untrue, and personally identifying post about a member of my staff. Personal attacks on members of my court staff are unacceptable, inappropriate, and I will not tolerate them under any circumstances. Consider this statement a gag order forbidding all parties from posting, emailing, or speaking publicly about any of my staff. Failure to abide by this order will result in serious sanctions. Now, friends, mind you, Judge Engeron didn't order briefs to be filed on the question of whether he should impose this gag order. He didn't ask for reply briefs to be filed or responses to the reply briefs to be filed. He didn't set it for a hearing. He didn't have an oral argument. He didn't deliberate about it for days or weeks before acting. No. Judge Engeron acted instantly, instantly, and summarily, and definitively when a member of his court staff, his law clerk, was put in harm's way by Donald Trump. Now, my first observation is I'm glad Judge Engeron protected a member of his court staff. Indeed, his gag order protects all members of Judge Engeron's court staff. But 
Do you know who has not been protected, not even in the slightest, against Donald Trump's dangerous, reckless, and indeed deadly rhetoric in his statements, in his posts? All of the witnesses against Donald Trump, all of the grand jurors who have been put in harm's way for having the temerity to be involved in a grand jury process that indicted Donald Trump. Prosecutors and their family members have been put in harm's way by Donald Trump. All of these individuals who are somehow involved in the endeavor to hold Donald Trump accountable for his crimes have been put in dangerous, indeed even deadly, situations due to Donald Trump's statements and posts. And not a single judge, state or federal, has lifted a finger to issue a gag order, to issue any restrictions on Donald Trump's speech to protect these individuals. So here's the question I want to return to, friends, and I'll ask you to answer it for yourselves. What does it say about our system, our criminal justice system, that when somebody very important to a judge, like his law clerk, is put in harm's way, the judge instantly acts to protect her. But when witnesses and jurors and prosecutors and their family members are put in harm's way, the system does nothing. To me, that doesn't feel like equal justice for all. It doesn't feel like an equal application of the law to protect people that Donald Trump endangers. Indeed, it feels deeply unequal to me. If you're a judge's law clerk, you get protected. But if you're a witness against Donald Trump, Donald Trump can say you should be executed. And not a single judge lifts a finger to limit his speech in any way. You know, as I say, friends, I don't think that's a particularly uplifting discussion, but you know, I think it's one we need to have. And I don't think Judge Engeron was wrong for doing what he did. Indeed, I think he was right. But I think our institutions of government are failing every day to protect everyone else other than Judge Engeron's law clerk and his staff. Everyone else who was involved in the endeavor to hold Donald Trump accountable for his crimes. You know, the institutions of government are failing our democracy. They're failing to protect our democracy from Donald Trump's dangerous, reckless, deadly rhetoric. Now, maybe that will change because Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is presiding over Donald Trump's federal trial in Washington, D.C., you know, the one for trying to corruptly, criminally, unconstitutionally overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Judge Chutkin is about to take up the issue of a gag order. Now, in that case, briefs were filed. In that case, special counsel Jack Smith, the prosecutor, to his credit, filed a brief seeking some restrictions on Donald Trump's dangerous speech. And Donald Trump's lawyers filed an opposition to Jack Smith's request for a partial gag order. You know, Trump's mouthpieces said, oh, you can't restrict Donald Trump's dangerous rhetoric 
in any way. Now they're wrong about that. And then Jack Smith filed a reply to Donald Trump's lawyers filing an opposition to Jack Smith's original motion. And then Judge Chutkin set it for a hearing. Then there will be a hearing held on October 16th. And then at some point there will be a decision made. That process looks a whole lot different and is taking a whole lot longer than Judge Engeron's snap gag order to protect his law clerk and his staff. And you know what, friends? You know, not only does justice matter, but equal justice matters. On the way, Donald Trump allegedly revealed nuclear submarine secrets to a billionaire Australian at Mar-a-Lago. Glenn talks about this next on Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. New reporting reveals Donald Trump disclosed sensitive nuclear secrets to a Mar-a-Lago member from Australia. Glenn says Trump poses an existential threat to the nation and should be detained pending trial. Okay, friends, issue number two, which, you know, fair warning, is not much more uplifting than issue number one, but it is just as important. You know, I don't know how you measure things on the scale of Donald Trump dangerousness. You know, what does it go from danger to extreme danger to critical danger to democracy ending danger? I don't know. Somebody needs to put together a a Donald Trump scale of dangerousness just so, you know, we know how to assess the danger of any particular thing Donald Trump does or says on any given day. But this one is bad. Trust me, this one is bad. And this one's bad because Donald Trump compromised our national security in ways perhaps even more dramatic than we have known previously, if that's possible. And for this one, friends, I want to start by reading just a short blurb from the ABC News reporting that first broke this story. Headline, Trump allegedly discussed nuclear subs with foreign national after leaving the White House. Months after leaving the White House, former President Donald Trump allegedly discussed potentially sensitive information about U.S. nuclear submarines with a member of his Mar-a-Lago club, an Australian billionaire who then allegedly shared the information with scores of others, including more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees, and a handful of journalists 
according to sources familiar with the matter. Prosecutors and FBI agents have, at least twice this year, interviewed the Mar-a-Lago member, Anthony Pratt, who runs U.S.-based Pratt Industries, one of the world's largest packaging companies? Hmm. In those interviews, Pratt described how, looking to make conversation with Trump during a meeting at Mar-a-Lago in April 2021, he brought up the American submarine fleet, which the two had discussed before. And according to Pratt's account, as described by the sources, Pratt told Trump he believed Australia should start buying its submarines from the United States, and get this, friends, to which an excited Trump, leaning toward Pratt as if to be discreet, then told Pratt two pieces of information about U.S. submarines. The supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. So there you have it, friends. Yet another egregious example of Donald Trump endangering our national security in the most extreme and inexcusable ways. And of course, the system, the court system, the criminal justice system rises up and takes appropriate action by detaining Donald Trump pending trial, right? Because that's what the law provides. The law provides that if somebody is under felony indictment and Donald Trump is under felony indictment four times over, four separate criminal prosecutions, if that person under felony indictment is a danger to the community, is a danger to another, is a danger to our society, in this case, is a danger to democracy, if prosecutors have clear and convincing evidence that the person is a danger to the community, the law provides that the person shall be detained pending trial to neutralize the threat, to protect the community, our society, our democracy. So, of course, the system has risen up and detained Donald Trump pending trial, right? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. There are thousands of defendants all across the United States in jurisdictions from coast to coast and from border to border who are sitting at this very moment in pre-trial detention because they pose a danger to the community. Donald Trump is the single most dangerous pretrial defendant in the nation. He poses an existential threat to the community, to our society, to our democracy, to all of the witnesses against him, and yet the system refuses to act and apply the laws as they are intended to be Applied. Now, friends, I'm not going to dwell on this because I know you've probably heard me talk about this too much in recent weeks and months. But Donald Trump should be detained pending trial because that is what the law provides. But, you know, to me, <laughs> it starts to feel like uh, this analogous circumstance where a doctor sees a patient 
a patient who is suffering from an entirely curable condition. And the doctor declines to treat the patient. The doctor has the knowledge, has the skill, has the tools available, has the necessary treatments and medications to cure the patient, but the doctor stands by and declines to treat the patient, declines to protect the patient, declines to save the patient. That's what I see in the criminal justice system when it refuses to deploy the rules of law that are available to protect the community, to protect society, to protect our democracy, to protect the witnesses who are involved in the endeavor of holding Donald Trump accountable for his crimes. When the system and the people who populate it refuse to deploy the rule of law, I will never be able to explain to anyone's satisfaction why that is. But I know it's wrong, given all I've seen in 30 years of prosecuting cases, friends, I know it's wrong. And I wish I could say that I know it's gonna change. Now I will say, I'm confident Donald Trump will be convicted at trial several times over. He will be convicted just as quickly as his buddy, his criminal associate, Peter Navarro, was convicted. Navarro's jury didn't have time for a cup of coffee before they announced guilty, right? Donald Trump will be convicted just as easily and just as definitively because the evidence against him in case after case after case is overwhelming. You know, but that gives me little consolation when the institutions of government continue to leave Donald Trump out and about to endanger witnesses, to destroy our democracy, rather than detaining him pending trial, as the law not only allows, but under the circumstances and the evidence as the law requires. Okay, friends, heavy sigh there. Is there any chance we can lighten things up just a little bit today? Let's give it a shot. Coming up next, Glenn talks about the many motions Donald Trump has been filing to dismiss all of his cases. This is Justice Matters. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Lawyers for Donald Trump have filed motions to dismiss or delay his many cases against him. Glenn tells us the motions will be laughed out of court. So Donald Trump has been filing motion after motion after motion. You know, more accurately, his mouthpieces, his third-rate lawyers have been filing motion after motion after motion, seeking either to delay or to dismiss entirely all of his criminal cases. First, he asked his appointee, Judge Aileen Cannon, down in Florida, to delay his trial until, you know, right after the November 2024 presidential election. Purely coincidental, I'm sure. You know, friends, I actually find it comical that Trump claims that the prosecutions against him constitute, quote, election interference, close quote. Look, it's just people trying to hold him accountable for his crimes, but he calls it election interference. You can't prosecute a candidate for president because that's election interference. When in fact, what Donald Trump is doing is election interference. Now, stay with me here, friends. Donald Trump tells Judge Cannon, you need to continue my trial. You need to postpone it. It's presently set for May 2024. You need to postpone it until after November 5, 2024, right after the presidential election. I would call that election interference. Why? Well, Donald Trump is under felony indictment in Florida and elsewhere, but let's stick with Florida for the moment. He's under felony indictment for unlawfully retaining classified documents, for obstructing justice by defying a grand jury subpoena for the return of those documents, and for violating our nation's espionage laws by disseminating national defense information. And the American voters, I contend, have a right to know when they go to the polls in November 2024, in the event they want to vote for Donald Trump, they have a right to know whether the person they're casting their vote for is a convicted felon who endangered our national security or is a completely innocent man who's been found not guilty on all charges by a Florida jury. He's been fully exonerated. So I would actually say preventing the American voters from having that critically important information when they go to the polls in November 2024 is actually election interference, right? It's not election interference by trying to hold a candidate accountable for his crimes. It's election interference by withholding accountability 
for the candidate's crimes, thereby depriving the American voters of knowing whether they're voting for a convicted felon or a fully exonerated innocent man. Now, do I know what Judge Aileen Cannon will do? I don't have the foggiest idea, right? We know she's already been reversed by the appellate court for abusing her judicial discretion by doing an enormous favor, though, for Donald Trump. So, you know, all bets are off as to whether Cannon will kowtow to the president who appointed her to the federal bench, Donald Trump, and his demands to push his trial until after the presidential election. But I am far more optimistic as we now move from Florida up to Washington, D.C. I'm far more optimistic that Judge Tanya Chutkin will deny the motion that Trump's mouthpieces, his lawyers, just filed, seeking to have his case in D.C. dismissed in its entirety. That's the case for him trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Because Trump's lawyers have argued that he's absolutely immune from prosecution for any crimes he committed while he was president. In other words, he has pulled out and dusted off the old Richard Nixon line that if the president does it, it's not a crime. Trump's lawyers also engage in this laughable, contorted interpretation of the impeachment clause and how, now just try to follow this, friends, because it ain't easy, how because he was impeached by the House of Representatives but not convicted in the Senate trial on those articles of impeachment, that somehow represents a special magical, unseen, unwritten, and before today, entirely unknown kind of double jeopardy. He can't be indicted and tried in court because the Senate didn't convict him at his impeachment trial. That, my friends, is some stone-cold bullshit. Again, that's a legal term. You know, I'm sorry, every once in a while my inner Jersey guy slips out. But I'm not going to talk anymore about the 50-plus page motion that Trump's lawyers just filed trying to get Judge Chutkin to throw his case out in its entirety. Because I, I have to be honest, as I was reading those 50-plus pages, I, I think that if there were people sitting around me and they were listening very carefully as I read to myself, they could actually hear my brain cells dying and hitting the floor. That's how stupid, how inane, how poorly reasoned, how unsupported in the case law Donald Trump's court filing is. And let's finish on this topic by mentioning that Donald Trump's lawyers also filed a motion to dismiss his New York State criminal prosecution for you know, the dozens of felony charges of falsifying business records in New York. Now remember, that was to hide his porn star payments, right? Hide them from the American voters so he could gain unfair advantage in the 2016 presidential election, you know, so he could rob us all of the full value of our vote. 
And basically in New York, he's alleging that, yeah, the district attorney took too long to bring the case. And so the case in New York is, get ready, here it comes again, uh, election interference. Well, friends, the good news is these motions to dismiss will be laughed out of court. They will be denied. And then, friends, let's finish up with a quick discussion of, you know, what is perhaps some of the best news of the past week, and it has to do with what's going on down in Georgia. On the way after the break, one of the 19 co-defendants in Trump's Georgia RICO case has flipped. Glenn discusses this next on Justice Matters. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. One of Donald Trump's co-defendants in the Georgia RICO case has agreed to plead guilty and testify at the trial. Glenn says this will be bad news for Trump and the other defendants. Okay, friends, District Attorney Fawny Willis secured a guilty plea from one of the RICO defendants, one of Donald Trump's co-conspirators, a guy named Scott Hall. And Hall pleaded guilty to five counts involving among other things, his criminal activities in compromising some voting equipment in a Georgia county called Coffee County. And those crimes are also charged against one of Trump's other co-conspirators, Sidney Powell, you know, the lawyer who has fallen from grace and apparently committed lots and lots of crimes to try to keep Donald Trump in office and in power. So it really does feel like the Scott Hall domino is in the process of falling and banging directly into Sidney Powell. And perhaps Sidney Powell will be the next domino to fall and cooperate in the Georgia State RICO case. But apart from securing that one guilty plea, which was an important development, District Attorney Willis has also extended plea offers to multiple other co-defendants, co-conspirators. And friends, I would bet a buck, and you probably know that's my betting limit. I'm not a gambling man, I'm not a high roller. One dollar is my betting limit. I will put the full buck on other Donald Trump co-conspirators, co-defendants, pleading guilty, flipping, and cooperating against the remaining co-conspirators. So it, it really does feel like things are progressing down in Georgia. Feels like things are moving in the right direction, in a good direction. But one way or another, you know, unless Sidney Powell and her co-defendant Kenneth Chesbro plead guilty in the coming weeks, their trial will begin against those two co-conspirators their trial will begin on October 23rd, and it will be spectacular. 
It will be televised, it will be live streamed, and it will show the American people the evidence of not just Powell's crimes, not just Chesbro's crimes, but of all of the crimes of all of the co-conspirators. Because D.A. Willis will prove the entire conspiracy and all of the crimes as part of her first RICO trial, even if there are only two co-conspirators sitting at defense counsel table, Powell and Chesbro. And we will see for ourselves the evidence of Donald Trump's crimes, Mark Meadows' crimes, Rudy Giuliani's crimes, John Eastman's crimes, Jeffrey Clark's crimes, Jenna Ellis's crimes, and the crimes of all of the other co-conspirators, co-defendants in that case. And as I say, that will be some must-watch TV. I guess maybe that's a passe term now, kind of old-fashioned, is the term now uh, must-watch live streaming. Uh, doesn't quite have the same ring to it, you know, but, you know, I guess I have to keep up with the times and the internets and the Googles and the computer machines and, you know, typically I just leave all that to my kids and my grandkids as I just, you know, turn on the TV and watch the news programs. Okay, friends, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. I feel like we covered a lot of the sort of legal terrain, the legal developments over the course of the last week. I fully expect we have a big week of developments in front of us. Donald Trump's massive New York State business fraud case is progressing. Donald Trump sat in for the first couple of days and Thereafter, he absented himself. He just, you know, went wheels up and got out of town. Not sure what exactly it was that drove him away. Maybe it was the gag order by Judge Engeron. Maybe it was New York Attorney General Letitia James who brought the case against Donald Trump, giving him a good stern talking to, told him that the Trump show is over. Kind of enjoyed that. Thank you, A.G. James. But for whatever reason, Donald Trump got out of town, and we don't know whether he will return and continue to attend his own fraud trial, the one that is about to liquidate uh, Trump organization and all of his businesses and result in probably a quarter of a billion dollars or more in what's called disgorgement. In other words, give back to the state of New York, all of your ill-gotten gains. So that trial will continue. We don't know how long. We don't know if Donald Trump will attend, but we do know he has twice threatened to testify. I will be testifying. Friends, no, he won't. No, he won't, because he's a stone-cold punk. He's not going to testify. Now, if he does, let me warn you, he might crawl up on the stand and just start spewing stuff off in non-responsive fashion. Why do I say that? Well, because I had a RICO defendant once take the stand in a lengthy RICO prosecution and literally start yelling and screaming and spouting stuff off in non-responsive fashion because he just wanted to 
spew all that stuff out for the jury. Donald Trump, of course, would be spewing it for the judge because there is no jury trial. Looks like Donald Trump's lawyers blew that by failing to request a jury. But Donald Trump may take the stand and start spewing stuff out in hopes that the media will pick it up and start to spread it far and wide because the New York trial is not being televised. But again, if I had to lay my dollar down, I, I think I would bet on Donald Trump being scared to death to take the stand in his New York State fraud trial. Remember, he didn't testify last time he was in court being sued. That was by E. Jean Carroll. He neither testified nor did he attend the trial. And of course, he went down in flames. And he's about to go down in flames a second time because after the jury found against him in the first defamation and sexual assault case, Ms. Carroll brought a second case against him because Donald Trump continues to lie and defame her. So he will go down a second time. But again, I don't think Donald Trump is going to make an appearance in his New York case. I do not think he will testify. It's anybody's guess whether he'll head back up to New York to sit in the courtroom some more and glower at people as if, you know, people ought to be scared of Donald Trump. I do wish the system would step up and do to Donald Trump what the evidence demands should be done. And I think I've mentioned this before, but that would be detain him pending trial in his criminal cases. But now I'm just repeating myself. So let's leave it there, friends. And if you want to find me elsewhere, you can find me on the social media platforms at Glenn Kirshner 2, my name and the number 2. You can go to my YouTube channel, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner, where I post a legal analysis video every day, seven days a week, trying to unravel the legal issue of the day. Of course, you can also find me wherever you're listening to this audio podcast. And I post audio podcasts several times a week, including our long format discussion on the weekends. And finally, if you want to more formally support our all-volunteer efforts here at Justice Matters, you can go over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I'll send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And as always, thank you to the many of you who are supporting our all-volunteer efforts over on Patreon. We could not do this seven days a week without your help and support. So thank you, thank you. And as always, friends, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon.